Hi, we're Mel and Missy, respectfully a clinical mental health therapist and fear fighter life coach. But it goes beyond that. We are representatives of you. Trash It is a brand that helps women focus on their next level of freedom by getting rid of the emotional garbage in their lives, whether it's toxic relationships, thought patterns, stigmas, etc. We represent mothers and single mothers, daughters, wives, and divorcees, business professionals, entrepreneurs, and even Christians and ministers of the gospel. We're, We're trashing it all. Hey, we are back, and as you can see, we look totally different from our first recording. Wouldn't you say, ma'am? Absolutely. So I have on a different shirt, and you came back with a whole, a whole haircut. Uh, lipstick on and an outfit that looks like you went out on a date. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, we are back. Um, we do know that we, this is part two yep. of our podcast of domestic violence. Being mm-hmm. a domestic violence survivor myself, um, we had some very in-depth conversations. And so we decided to make it a part two just because of the conversations. And so many conversations can come out of just this one topic. So we decided to do that today. And so I kind of I want to leave, I want to start back with where we were segueing in the in the last recording which was um the the topic of of domestic violence and and how different it can look right yeah and how when it comes to things such as sex within the relationship absolutely sometimes i sometimes i think as women we overlook that and we don't really realize that that falls, you know, sometimes into the category of domestic violence, especially when it's um, I'm having sex with someone because I'm afraid they're going to hurt me or hurt my children. Exactly. Or or it's forced or it's or or it is coerced. And even if the answer is no, the no turns into a yes or the no turns into silence out of fear. Absolutely. And so, you know, that was kind of where we were segueing. And so I really want, if we can, I I would definitely like to get back into that. That's deep. It is deep. Um, and, and you said it earlier, no is no. But no in situations like that, can mean death for you. Mm-hmm. Um, no can mean another argument. No can mean another fight. So my no, unfortunately, now turns into a coursed yes. Mm-hmm. Which deep down, I'm like, no, no, no. But when you tell someone, they don't believe it happens. Why? Because you're married to that person. Right. Right. And so now you have a no and now you have a spouse and it just doesn't make sense to and nobody believes you. And no. Hey, thank you. No one. Nobody believes, believes you first, nor does it make sense. Mm-hmm. I think it can be hard to even wrap your mind around even when you're in the situation. Exactly. 
excuse me. Um, it's very hard because again, it goes back to blaming yourself. Mm -hmm. I didn't speak up for myself. I said, no, no was no. But when somebody is in your head, when somebody is choking you, when somebody is ready just to, and I call it tagging your head, mm -hmm. what do you do? Out of fear. Right. Out of fear, my no becomes now a forced yes. Mm -hmm. Out of fear. But I'm looking like the bad person. Or it's always like the young girl that wears a short dress and something happens to her. Well, look what mm -hmm. she had on. Mm -hmm. She asked for it. Really? Mm -hmm. You know, just in uh, hearing you hearing you say that, I'll, I will never forget a conversation our oldest daughter and I had uh, when she was in high school. And for those who, who know our oldest daughter, you know, she's tall, yeah. right? I'm five, eight and a half, but this chick is like five, 10. Mm -hmm. She's five, 10 and built. And, and even then, you know, she was built. And I remember her coming home being so upset because um, they had been called into the auditorium. I think it was the girls had been called into the auditorium. And, you know, the staff of this particular of this particular uh, school wanted to have a conversation with the, the females, right? The female students. And and it really was, I think, out of concern. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the goal was let's have this conversation because we need you all to understand why we don't want you wearing jeggings and why we don't want you wearing the tight shirts, right? Mm -hmm. Why we don't want you wearing the fitted, the fitted clothing. Mm -hmm. And so the state, the statements were, were centered around that. Um, and, and it was because, well, we don't want to give, basically we don't want to give our young men something that they are going to want to touch, right? So the, the consensus was, so like if you're wearing jeggings or if you're wearing these tight-fitting clothes, then you're, you're, inviting, mm -hmm. you're inviting trouble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she was so upset. And she, and she said, she's like, why do I have to conform when they should just know to not put their hands on me? Like, why is it up to me yeah. to do something different yeah. instead of them knowing how to respect a woman? Mm -hmm. I had no argument. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because my, my argument with her was always, listen, at 510, you can't wear what five foot five Karen right. wears. That's right. Because num number one, Karen is Karen. And, and she's five, five. Yeah. Right. So when you put on shorts that come to your fingertips, which is a rule of, you know, of school, when you put that on, well, it doesn't quite look the same. No, it doesn't. Right. That's like me in a short dress. It's all legs. Mm -hmm. So it has a different, it has a different look. Mine's all belly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I but, you know, but seriously, 
mm-hmm. it has a it has a different look. And so I think that that goes into what you're saying, where we constantly feel like it's our fault. So how would you say in the con- in the confines of of trashing that stigma, even as it relates to um, coerced sex mm-hmm. within a marriage? How would you say you work through that? Like, how did you, how did you reach your freedom with that? It had to be birthed out of me. Mm. So when you say that, what do you mean? My child. had to be birthed out of me and I had to see my freedom every single day. So for those that don't know exactly what that means. Yeah, my son is a product of what took place that particular night. My baby boy, my young man. So my no was a no, but my no turned into freedom. Um, He was my saving grace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was my saving grace. How long, how long do you think it took you to, to realize, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times um, when we're in situations that, that are, are not healthy situations and, and decisions are made, um, you know, we have a made up mind, Mm -hmm. right. And, and we have like a certain, we have, we have these thoughts. So when would you say it moved to, he's my freedom Mm -hmm. versus he is some, he is someone, he is a product that I have to look at daily that reminds me of pain and that reminds me of what wasn't supposed to have happened probably several years ago oh man Mm -hmm. and he's good and grown right yeah (laughs) I would probably say about three years ago Mm -hmm. three years ago three, four years ago around that time, less than five, no more than 10, but less than five. I will say that that will be a fair number to say Mm -hmm. Um, because he is me. He is such a strong young man (laughs) and he's very opinionated in a respectful way, but he speaks (laughs) his mind. Mm -hmm. And I remember he and I, we were talking one day and I said, what? I said, where do you come up with this stuff? And he looked at me. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. I said, where does this come from? He said, it comes from you. I am a product. He said, I am a part of you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it hit me right there all this time that I've been carrying that weight. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a release. So I carried him, but he saved me. You know, I think often um, in those situations, mm-hmm. most women, and I won't say most, but I think a good majority at least consider yeah. not having the kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would do that. Too. Yeah, 
I don't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I went through that whole um, journey of putting him up for adoption. Found a family, everything. It, I, everything. January 26th in Virginia, where it does not snow mm -hmm. or ice. <laughs> if we were here in Indiana mm -hmm. or Kentucky or somewhere in a region where you expect it in December, January timeframe, right? I never forget like it was yesterday, January 26th. It was an ice storm. Um, so at that time, I was left with nothing. My phone was cut off. Gas was cut off. We still had electric, but the gas was cut off. Mm -hmm. um, barely had a place to stay because unfortunately, he was not helping. So really, it was just me feigning to survive with these kids. And I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. So long story short, he actually comes over to the house to check on us. Mm -hmm. Which to me was odd, but at the same time, it was God sent because I didn't have a working phone. I go into labor. I go into labor. Um, so at that time, had to call the social worker, had to call the adoption agency to let them know, hey, I'm in labor. This is the hospital we're going to. We'll see you there. You know, what else do you say? Mm -hmm. We'll see you there. I'm getting ready to give my child away because of this situation. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness. So long story short, I have the little boy. I mm -hmm. hear him cry. Would you like to see him? And I'm like, uh-uh. Oh, my God. I didn't help myself. I took one look at him, and I said, I can't do it. So the social worker and the lady at the adoption agency told me, she said, I knew the day that I met you, you would not be able to do this. <laughs> and I said, are you serious? She said, yeah, but because I took an oath and it was my job, mm -hmm. I had to continue to stay with you. Wow. Yeah. And I brought him home. And it has been a journey ever since. Are you interested in being a sponsor for the Trash It podcast? If so, reach out to us via email at wetrashedit at gmail.com. I think, you know, if if we're, again, if we're honest, um, it's, it's this transparency. Mm -hmm. It's this, it's moving into this freedom. Mm -hmm. That's what, that, that led us to Trash It. Exactly. It's, and it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, cause it's crazy because it started with a conversation, mm -hmm. but a conversation of something that happened to me mm -hmm. that I thought was going to take place. And it did not. And I was devastated because I just knew that I was getting ready to get married. And I want to, that was kind of the next thing. And, uh -huh. and I think the last thing um, I wanted to really segue into was, mm -hmm. so when it comes to domestic violence, when it comes to having been married to someone mm -hmm. who was, you know, fits physically, emotionally, all, all the things, you know, um, hurting you, yeah. how do you think, how have you seen it 
uh, play out in your relationships after that. Wow. You know, it's so crazy that you say that because I think the older we become as women, um, we like to think that we've changed. But I'm going to tell you, this pandemic has taught me how to pivot. Mm -hmm. And it's taught me how to truly take control of my mindset. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was things, what, 20 months we've been in this now? 20, 21 months? I have no clue. It seems like yesterday. I I keep saying 2018, but you know, it's like forever, ever, right? (laughs) Um, I had to learn about Melissa. Mm -hmm. I did. And there were some things about me that I liked, some things I did not like. And there were some things I found out about myself during this time Mm -hmm. that, I mean, it even goes way back. And so when you think and you, you think about relationships that you've had, whether they are platonic relationships, um, whether they are romantic relationships or whether they are just, Hey, how you doing type of friendships, Mm -hmm. it all serves a purpose. But I also had to own up in responsibility in some ways how I showed up as well. Right. And I think this last relationship, I showed up free with freedom, but I still had some issues on the inside of that in the back of my mind type deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, man. And I'm smiling because I remember a conversation we were having and I mean, you, you were so militant. I mean, it was like, uh-uh, I don't want no, I don't want nobody running me. And I'm, you know, I'm glad it didn't work out because, you know, he was going to be trying to have me at home and I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like a whole attitude. I mean, like a whole attitude just absolutely militant and and I remember I remember saying um that you know sometimes there's there's a difference in Mm -hmm. in realizing that that you made it through something yeah but then going the extra Mm -hmm. um and almost vigilant and being of the vigilante of this will never happen to me again Right. And, and so much so, because I think I said this to you, I said, you know, the man may just care and want to make sure you're home <laughs> whatever, <laughs> like at a decent hour and you'll, and you would be like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody going to ever run me again. I was like, well, you, he might, that may not even be what he's trying to do. <laughs> well, but that goes back right to because what I like been. this defense mechanism uh-huh. it is oh that very I bad think you, I, don't, I don't think you really knew because to you it was like uh-uh uh-uh because <laughs> you know how you I'm like, uh-uh. not this woman right <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I'm a 90s woman yes yeah. I'm superwoman. I do this by myself. I don't need nobody to tell me what to do. Yeah. It goes back to that mentality that I had that mm-hmm. I became um, accustomed to. It was comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Very comfortable for me because that's all I knew in mm-hmm. that season in my life. 
It's like a fight, uh, the, the fight and fight or flight response. Right? It is. Mm-hmm. So, so I think for, for you, he could say, where are you going? And you're like, oh, uh-uh, whoa, hold on. Mm-hmm. Been here before. Go from, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't realize that. And I think yeah. subconsciously, it just like, oh gosh, where'd that come from? But how are you how how are you able to love oh love who myself yourself and, individual- and then how are you able to love in a relationship mm-hmm. third part uh-huh. did you did you believe you were capable of being loved Wow, I'm gonna stop my video because if I start crying, you better not. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, you know what? I am going to answer that last question first. Okay. I thought I was. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought I was until life okay. Because, you know, when I became, and I know it kind of, it goes back and forth, and I know the subject matter is about domestic violence, but if you don't heal from what has happened in the past, it will trigger you in your future. And we don't realize this, Mel. Absolutely. We don't realize this. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'd rather take that question first. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought I, I thought I was ready. Okay. I did. I, I can honestly say I thought I was ready. Because I had not been in a relationship in a very long time. And I'm talking a romantic, dating, one-on-one exclusive, you know, relationship in quite some time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think that you heal. I think there's always room for improvement. Right. And there's always room for growth. There's always room to get better. But I didn't want what I thought was better to make me bitter. Okay. And I even do believe that even if, if our conversation didn't happen that particular time, I probably would have became very bitter. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I would. Like, you I probably was mad at that day. Oh my God. You... Oh, I was, I was, yes, I was. I on... you, if, if I would have been in your presence, you probably would have tried to fight me. <laughs> with, with. It was a <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It, but you know what? I was hurt. Yeah. But that hurt came from a different, it came from a different place. Mm-hmm. I think you me. thought you, I think you thought it was anger. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think a lot of times, uh, as I say to people, anger is an easy emotion. It is. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's easy to be angry because uh-huh. when we're angry, we get to lash out and and fight and and clown. But usually anger is a surface emotion. It is. And when we really think, think deeper mm-hmm. into um, into whatever it is that's triggering us, mm-hmm. normally it's it's really not anger. No. No. I think I was hurt. I was disappointed. I was let down. Um, so many emotions mm-hmm. that came into play, but again, I, it takes me back to what happened years ago. Mm-hmm. And so it, it all goes hand in hand. 
And the person listening now might be like, well, how is it goes hand? It goes hand in hand because it's a mind thing. And so now I have to constantly keep reminding myself, like, you're more than that. Mm-hmm. You're more than that. I know what it feels like for somebody to tell you, you will never amount to anything and nobody will ever want you. That came from my husband, my kids, dad, their father. And so you talk about, I'm going to tell you this. So I, I remember one particular time um, he has since passed away. And so when I was going through counseling and the one thing my counselor said, well, have you had a conversation with him? And, you know, I'm like, uh, I don't believe in Ouija boards and that kind of stuff. <laughs> She's like, no, no. I'm like, hey, I'm a, I believe in the Lord now. <laughs> You're behind me, Satan, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, no. I, she said, I do believe you need to do this exercise. So what she had me to do, she, I could do it two ways. I could either write a letter or I could put a chair in front of me. Empty chair. I was going to ask if it was empty yes. chair. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love to talk. I'm like, uh-uh, I don't need to write. No. <laughs> oh, let me get it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I put a chair in front of me. And when I tell you that was so therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I probably went over the allotted time that she told me to do, but I kept doing it and 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 kept going back to the chair every single time. If I felt something, I went right back to the chair because mm-hmm. I needed to dump it. Mm-hmm. How did you get the courage though? Because, you know, we oh. keep things, we keep things so tight and we keep it locked in and we don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So where, how did, you, how did you reach that level of freedom? Because, because I think I wanted, that's something, you know. I wanted when, to show up differently. I didn't want to keep showing up like the old Melissa. I didn't. It was exhausting. Mm-hmm. It was tiring. Mm-hmm. It was sadness. Like I can have a smile on the outside. Hey, how are you? But in the inside, I am hurting. I'm in pain. And I'm not talking of physical pain where I have to go to the doctor. No, I'm in pain. I've mm-hmm. walked around and I've operated in this for so long. Like I could have the blueprint for pain. I could, op- the way I was living, I could operate with my eyes closed because I was used to it. That's all I knew. So I think, um, I think we could definitely go on and on about this topic because it's so, it's such a, a powerful one. It is. And it's one that that touches any 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 um any genre, any demographic, any socioeconomic status. You know, it doesn't doesn't have a face. As always, we thank our listeners for tuning in. We invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Trashed It exclamation point podcast you can listen to our podcast on various podcast platforms you can also subscribe to our youtube channel trashed it podcast and please chit chat with us throughout the week on our social media channels facebook at trashed it and instagram at we trashed it